Hi guys, Tali here. Just dropping into your ears to let you know about an awesome new Mamma Mia podcast that you will love. It's called Overshare. It's a little bit taboo, a little bit dumb, but also very smart. It's pretty much the most TMI conversations you might have with your best friends. It's hosted by DJ and influencer Flex Mummy, who we actually interviewed right here on Social Squad, as well as Kelly McCarran from our UBD podcast and a podcast producer and musician, Lem Zakaria. It's seriously personal, raw and bloody funny. But don't just take my word for it. Here for you now, my fabulous Social Squad listeners, is your new favourite podcast, Overshare. This episode of Overshare is brought to you by Venus. Just a heads up, the conversations that we have here on Overshare are adult conversations. So if you have any kids around, maybe listen to it later. Welcome to Mamma Mia's brand new, very exciting podcast, Overshare. This podcast is basically the group chats that you have when you're a few wines deep with your girlfriends and they're about the really, really disgusting, serious, oversharing stuff in your ears as a podcast. So we're going to cover everything from sex and dating to career friendships and just general, what is my purpose shit? I'm Kelly McCarran. I'm the host of the You Beauty podcast here at Mamma Mia. And I have a weird fascination with the snots in my nose at the moment. I'm picking my nose more than a six-year-old. Oh, my God, it's bloody disgusting. Beautiful. You are stressing me out. (laughs) (laughs) You've been stressing me out. My name is Flex. I'm a DJ and a TV presenter. And my overshare for this week is that I've probably spent maybe every day obsessively checking my belly button for smells. Really? Just because I was Googling belly button scent and I was like, I don't want mine to have one. So I started using um, some natural body wash in my belly button to see if that's going to, you know, help the smell subside. What does it smell like? Yeah, just like know. gross belly button. Just I didn't like, even know that it had like a scent. E-wax. I know, because I, I was looking at my belly button and I was like, well, it goes so far deep. Like, surely shit's getting stuck in there. <laughs> Um, just get a Q-tip you can do out it, and get a Q-tip. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. it's just like earwaxy type. Oh, but I just prefer there not to be a scent. Yeah, so that's mine. Cool. I'm Lem. I'm a podcast producer here at Mamma Mia, a musician, and I actually just farted in here. <gasps> oh, you little did you devil. just smell it? No, but we are in a closed, confined space. You so? little turd burger. When did that happen? Oh. Just now. There were two actually. Oh, I'm just silent. Fantastic. That is so bold. So today on the show, we are going to be discussing three topics. We're going to talk about your ex or your partner's ex and engaging with their posts on social media. We're going to be talking about weird shit your vagina does and the importance of seeking therapy. Lem, would you like to kick things off with our very first topic? So the other day, my ex-girlfriend was all over Instagram, just like posting, and I just liked one of her pictures. What was the picture? It was like her traveling somewhere, something like that. And then internally, I felt like, is this actually bad? Like, should I not be engaging, you know, interacting via social media, even if I'm all right with her and I'm good friends with her still? Is that bad for my current partner? Is it like unethical? Is it okay to comment? I mean, I've definitely been in positions where I've engaged with my exes on social media, only to save face and because I used to be way more of a narcissist than I was. So it's very important to me that people knew that we're on good terms. It's chill. 
I don't think it's a bad thing. I'm more concerned with if you think that you're doing something that's potentially deceptive or potentially sus, then you probably are and, and that's and that's mm. the tea. I personally like to understand what my partner's relationships are with their exes before we're in a relationship so that once that relationship has fleshed out, I'm like, okay, you can interact, you're friends, you're cool. You spent six years together, you used to live together, that's your sister's best friend. Like, I totally get it. But if I've never heard of this ex and you keep popping up, you know, yeah. ha inside jokes in the DMs, like, let's talk about it. Do you think there's a difference between, like, a like and a comment? Do you think, like, if you... No. Nah. You, no, nah. it's just That's the interaction. That's how you convince yourself that you're not doing anything sus. <laughs> okay. I think interacting with your ex generally is a weird... No, it's not a weird thing to do, but it's a weird conversation to have because one would assume that if you were as compatible as a conversation online with Warrant, you'd still be together. What are we chatting for? I understand if it's almost like we shared, you know, so much time together. Here's a happy birthday. Here's, you know, a Merry Christmas. Here's a welcome to the new year. I get it. But if we're in the comments doing, you Mm. know, inside jokes and emojis, you don't need it. A like is cute, but also you can skip a like. I guess I just always... I'm the type of person who always second guesses myself, like with Mm. everything that I'm doing. So it's in that situation, my current partner is amazing with that. Like, no, oh my God, who are you talking to? Like Mm. none of that shit. But with my, you know, with my ex, I feel like she's, she might be still, you know, I hope she doesn't listen to this. (laughs) Lem like to my photo. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. What do you think, Kel? Well, uh, I'm just like really immature and... um, (laughs) (laughs) Okay, cool. (laughs) Be it. And any time that I've probably... Not any time, but a lot of the times that both of my ex-boyfriends have blocked me, (gasps) probably because I really passively aggressively engaged with them. What do you mean? (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like I'd be like, I'd make like an inside joke, like... Of a fo- on a photo of like him and his new girlfriend, oh. or I'd be like, "Oh, so happy for you guys," but like clearly just so passive aggressive. Oh my god! <laughs> okay. And then just like everything, and just I don't. I'm just really passive aggressive with that. I don't know why. I'm just really immature. Anyway, they've all bloody Thank you blocked for sharing. me. Yeah, that, that's, that's definitely an. Over-share. That's a lot. So you are the ex girlfriend that we should be afraid of. Yeah, that tries to cause shit for no reason except for, like, it's just so immature. Because I think I'd be less concerned with my partner commenting and more concerned with their ex commenting. Ah, now we come to this. Okay. So if we switch it around, if the other ex or your partner has an ex that's commenting or, like, that's liking, where does the ownership lie? Look at Kel's face right now. I wish you could see it. She's, like, (laughs) squirming. Because... And I'm an enigma, I think, because I'm so passive aggressive, but I also don't have, like, I don't get jealous and I don't care. Ah. So when I got engaged to my fiance, his ex-girlfriends did, like, comment and say, oh, my God, congratulations. And I was like, oh, that's so so nice. nice. I I was like, that's so nice. (laughs) Lily's thinking they, they were sarcastic. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe. then or maybe I just give people the benefit and don't just assume that other people are as passive-aggressive as me. <laughs> What's the worst thing that you've done to one of your ex-partners that's actually one I'm interested to know? Online or just like in no, terms? No, in life. Oh, so I made this random hot guy to club, like take a photo kissing my cheek or something and then 
Like, and I was sitting on his lap like a week after I broke up with someone, and then I got my friend to upload it and tag me. So the ex saw it. Wow. Oh my I told you. There's a lot so, of premeditation. There are so, so many immature. layers to this right I'm now. So are immature, you guys. joking? Can we just? I was like 25. Lila's like covering her face. She's I'm Lil literally has out. her face covered. Like she's about to just walk out like a cartoon with this immaturity. I'm also trying to understand though. Do we think we're putting a lot of weight on social interactions because mm. there's a lot more barriers to entry? Yeah. I mean, let's say you ran into your ex in public and you were like, oh, mwah, 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 lovely to see you, how are the kids, whatever. God, no, I'd run away. <laughs> that seems like it has less malicious intent than your partner or your partner's ex going out of their way to like and comment online. Or are they the same? I don't think it matters. Mm. Maybe we're reading too much into maybe it. Maybe we're, and honestly, maybe the majority of people don't actually put because I think a lot of the time when you're scrolling, if you think about it, a lot of it's very... Um, Flippant. It's like reflexive activity. You don't even realise that you're doing it. Mm. Like it's you're on autopilot. So we're sort of putting a lot, like that. there's a lot of premeditation. Because it's a controlled environment. If you ran into your ex on the street, mm-hmm. you're like, oh shit, why don't I look good? Or like any of those. All, yeah. Because you can't control the variables. But if you're on social media, everything is premeditated nowadays, I think. Mm. Like, so I would say, I would actually say then that there is a difference between liking and commenting because sometimes I'm literally just like doing two things at once and like scrolling through, double tap, double tap, don't think anything of it. But if I actually think to then comment, that would be different for me personally. Hmm. I'm going to say it depends on your partner's relationship with their ex. Yeah. Because that says so mm. much, you know. I if agree. they ended on strange terms and he's like, oh, that was my crazy ex who XYZ, or she was like, oh, that was my, you know, the love of my life, but the one who got away. And now you hear her doing like, you know, in cahoots yeah. on Instagram. I don't want to see that. What's happening there? Mm. I agree. And because I always think it's really nice when people are friends with their ex. I would love to be friends with my ex. <laughs> they didn't want to be friends with me, which is why I got passive aggressive. Lil hmm. doesn't, doesn't agree what with that. What do you mean, love to be friends with your ex? Because you share so much together, it's weird then never to talk How do we to get to again. a point when you'd love to be friends with your ex, but you're still not dating? Oh, because like I don't want to have sex with them anymore. <laughs> mm. Okay, she. I think this is the difference. I think you totally like lose sexual interest then. Ooh, yeah. With with, with your exes, yeah. Mm. I get you. Okay, and if you had to wrap it up and say, does it matter? Does it not matter? Does it matter? I would say person to based on different people. Boo. <laughs> Okay, Lem, do you think it matters? Let us come to a diplomatic solution. Um, I think the intention matters. Mm -hmm. So Mm. if your intention on social media... Or, okay, I sound like an old person on social media. If you're <laughs> on their social media platform, <laughs> on the socials, um, if your intention on whatever when you're cruising around in your Insta is to kind of you know sneak into your ex's life or whatever and like want to find out more or like whatever communicate certain messages then yeah you're in the wrong but if your intention is like oh cool and then you just pass by it just randomly then I think that's fine so if you're like me bad bad I just really admire honestly like I've heard stories of people you know, being passively aggressive with their exes, but I've never heard anybody talk about it. I actually really admire you that you just... can't admit it. Also, it's not like recent. So. You're an icon, babe. Oh, you guys. <laughs> it's not recent as well. Like maybe if it happened on the weekend, I'd be super ashamed. But I'm like, no, it's yeah. years ago. Time heals. Mm. I've been blocked many years now, so... <laughs> you could have just stalked him on Facebook like I did your last girlfriend. Her 18th birthday looked really fun. Rightio, so moving on to my vagina... We ready to discuss yep, the Yeah, let us in. So, a few weeks ago, I was doing a poo at work. <laughs> hot. So hot. And then I felt something weird coming out of an other orifice, and I was like, what the absolute D? 
devil is going on down there? And then, I'm not joking, a giant ass tampon came out of my vag. Didn't have my period. I did not have my period. I'd had it in for over a week and I'd had sex several times with it in. Is that not oh the most repulsive God. thing you've Such ever heard? Such a humble brag. I'd had sex several times. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we get it. You root. <laughs> oh, my we God. You have I an active sex you. life, Chell. <laughs> wow. Okay, let's just be honest. It was twice. So not several times. Do you think that feeling is akin to childbirth? <laughs> Definitely not because it didn't really hurt. It was more confusing. But mm. I do remember both times... I was having the sex, thinking this feels quite uncomfortable. It felt like something was hitting my cervix. Now I know it was the giant-ass tampon just getting smudged up there. But, look, why didn't it smell? Why didn't I have any other symptoms of... I'm also wondering how is it they're going to number two and then, like, the middle ground gets activated? Well, that's actually just pushing. I was really pushing. Yeah, that's... (laughs) have been constipated there. Yeah, because I'm pushing now and I can definitely feel... You can feel uh, your badge contracting. Yeah. And then I went to the doctor the week after for a pap smear. Luckily, it wasn't that week. Imagine that. She's like, oh, don't <laughs> worry. You've just got a giant dirty old tampon shoved up there. Let me fish that out before I speckle it or whatever that word is. And then she couldn't find my cervix, which apparently is quite common because you need to be hoisted up. And I just thought, my God, vaginas are weird. Yeah, they are. Mm. So weird. weird. And different. I mean, you're talking to the boss. Yeah, I was about to say, Lem, you've had sex with, you've seen a vagina up close. I've seen many vaginas. I'm joking, no, but not to that extent. And so they really are Humble bragging. Yeah, more humble (laughs) bragging. Oh, my God. Um, some people actually get really annoyed by this. Like when you're you're saying like, oh, I've had so much sex recently and, and others are like... Okay, whatever. And I'm like, dude, just, you know, calm down. I I didn't mean it that way. Anyways, back to the vagina stuff. I think they're very different. Are they weird to, like, uh, seeing them all so... No, they're not. What weird should have come out of... (laughs) 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 Out of mine, personally. Well, we know what your vagina is. I'm a cup user, first of all. So that eliminates the problem of cotton and chemicals. Mm. That sounded judgy. But <laughs> Tell her. Yeah. It's okay. There's no the judgment here. She's saving the environment. I'm, saving I'm using it. the one cup at a time. Cotton yeah. things that then get stuck um, up there. I've never had, I think my vagina's really small. Like my actual like entryway is quite tight. So when so you have had a hot. penis, does yeah. that hurt a lot? It did. Yeah. And for a long time. I'm a quite tight person, I think. That's, that's good. That that's why like it's it would be really hard for me to have something shoved up there and stuck for a while. Yeah. To be very honest with you. Also Narrow you're quite pathway. short, so I imagine that your <laughs> vagina <laughs> is short. Okay. No, well I just I feel don't like think there's a correlation between <laughs> height and vagina. Just in my mind, I just think that my vagina must be a lot longer than yours. So there's more room for things I think, to hide. I think it's Are you talking like from front to back or like in? No, you know the uh, in part, like the right. entrance to the cervix. Mine's mm. probably in my mind, because I'm taller, it's longer than yours. <laughs> So there's more. Mm. No, yeah, right. Okay. But yeah, my, my for Doctors example, are going to listen to this and just have an actual <laughs> yeah, heart attack. Like, not be quite. Like emailing us like you girls. Um, my mum, for example, when she gave birth, they had to take my brother out with forceps because she had such a tight, narrow, really? narrow. Yeah. So I think it's a thing. I'm not sure it has to do with height. I'm very interested in googling that shit right now. <laughs> honestly. <laughs> but no, I. To be very honest with you, I can really sense things. Is I can sense when I'm having my period very well Same. like I've never mm-hmm. woken up or like have been walking and be like oh shit I've got my period like it's always I can really sense stuff happening down there Flex has anything we'd ever come out of your vagina no but I'm constantly checking just in case like every now and then you get like a you know a bit of tissue just like 
balled yeah. up. You're like, oh, how long has that been there? And who is going to tell me about it? But I was talking to an acquaintance of mine who does Brazilian waxes. And she was saying the amount of women who come into her or vagina havers who come into her and are just not cognizant of like what's happening there. She's like, you'll find like blood clots there when they're not on their period. Ooh. You'll find like. So what, they're not cleaning it properly. Well, how are you supposed, you're not meant to anyways put mm. some soap down there, by the way. Did you know that? But you that? can wash it with water in your and hands. And fresh. Mm. Yeah, and uh, that's not really that. Mm. I don't know. Don't, don't worry. Don't use okay. it all the time. But if things were getting clotty down there, you might want to. No. Mm. Or like really, like, you know, really dark discharge or Ooh. aggressive smells. Ooh. And they just hadn't taken care of it. And I do think that there was a phase where people were quite, I don't know, there was like some rhetoric around like, love your vagina as it is. Like they're all different and like, you know, not all vaginas are the same. So that's transitioned into people not understanding that their vagina isn't oh, well. Yeah. You know, so I like, agree. You know, and it's, it's also it's like okay love it, but also a little bit. Like, clean mm, it. Your pH balance yeah. levels are off, babe. And that's not sexist either. I would say the same thing to a guy, like clean it. Yeah, I just think there's not really great education around vaginas. I know a and ton yeah. of friends who mm. look at discharge as something that's gross or disgusting or haven't looked at their vagina recently or don't know, you know how big their entry point is or how wet <laughs> For they usually people. get. Or, yeah. you know. If you're short, you have a very small entry point. <laughs> Facts. No, but it's very cool that you asked the wax lady. I always, when mm. I go to like a salon or wherever, I'm like, who's the weirdest person you've, like, you know, I've always mm. asked these questions. Yeah, I'm interested too. But don't you think, like, in that situation, let's say you came across somebody with a really janky vaginal hygiene, there's no good time to tell someone that things aren't as they should be. You know, like let's say you're going down on someone limb mm. and you're like, oh my goodness. No, I would is. say, I would say I've, it's never happened to me. And to me, like, it's going to sound really weird to you guys. But whenever I'm attracted to somebody, the smell is is beautiful. Oh, I'm all about so that. But they probably are like hygienic then. Yeah, Do you know well, what I mean? Like, yeah, because maybe. Like, surely if someone had like a manky. I'm talking like when people have yeah. thrush, yeah. you know, oh, and okay. they're like, oh, I don't know, like just yeah. a bit extra discharge today. And it's like, no, no, thrush, it's like cottage cheese. Like that's mm-hmm. not extra yeah. discharge. I mean, for God's sake, like people till now don't know what, I don't know if that's correct 100%, but the G-spot, like yeah. everybody talks about that, like. It's, it's so understudied and misunderstood, mm-hmm. I think, which is what Lil was saying. We, we have no idea, yeah. really, with this variation, like what is normal and what is abnormal. Mm. And then there's people doing labiaplasty, I think yeah. it's called, just to like get that outer part out, which actually decreases pleasure. Oh, I've been we, reading about this recently, yeah. so that's why I'm like in that zone. One needs their vaginal lips. One needs to understand vaginas. And this is why I'm less concerned about men not understanding vaginas than women or vagina habits not understanding vaginas. Maybe like a year ago now, I was Googling the clit as one does, and I didn't realize that the clit was not only like the little nubbin at the front, but it's sort of the nerves of the clit. Mm-hmm. spread down the lips and you yep. can also touch it from behind. Exactly. So when you're like getting down and it's hitting a spot, it's not always the G spot it's hitting. It's the back of the clit it's hitting. It's oh. a whole area. It's a whole area. It's, it's now not called the G spot. It's called the G zone mm-hmm. actually hmm. and because it's like it's spread across and for each woman it's different. Different. Which is why we're enigmas and it's We can't beautiful. all orgasm the same. Well, you know, like men, yeah. it's you just you know, I'm doing the movements, no one can see me. <laughs> well, don't um, stop. <laughs> Let's learn Because I remember one of my girlfriends had never had an orgasm. Yes. Never. And, you know, we gave her sex toys. She had different boyfriends that, you know, they'd all had success before with girls. Anyway, one day me and my best friend were like, take your pants off. We need to see what's going on down there. And so we got it to Very like aggressive. spread it open. <laughs> and I'm not joking, her clitoris part, like the main thing, 
was the size of a small grain of rice. And I was like, oh, my God, babe, that's why. Mm. I don't know. I've never seen it visually, though. I do think it's like an actual entire zone like oh, from my oh, experience hers I don't know. was the smallest thing i've ever seen so baby clit yeah she literally had like a baby clit so i told her to ask if she could get filler in the area <laughs> okay i'm not talking that? to you <laughs> she, i don't know if she did or not just beef it up a little bit just get it fatter so then you'll get it more like <laughs> look vaginas are weird but that's we okay. could yeah we could talk about vagina we probably will next week we'll probably talk more about that <laughs> I'm guessing if you've ever experienced burning, redness, or cuts after shaving, you probably put it down to your sensitive skin, right? Have you ever thought that maybe you just haven't found the right razor? The new Venus Extra Smooth Sensitive Razor has an enhanced skin elixir luber strip to provide that perfect dose of protection for your skin. Combine that with five extra thin blades and it's smooth sailing. Find the new Venus Extra Smooth Sensitive Razor in your local supermarket. Venus, Australia's number one women's shaving brand. Let's talk about therapy, everyone. Baby. Oh, oh. Cute. So as somebody who is like very big into self-development, I've been told a thousand times that therapy is like the Bible for non-denominational self-development hose. You know what I mean? It's a thing that everyone needs to do. It's going to get you to a self-actualized spot. You're going to feel better. It's going to change your life. So I went to therapy, didn't find it that helpful. (laughs) And then I went to online therapy and didn't find it that helpful. And then I started asking therapists who actually needs to go to therapy and was told that it really isn't for everyone. You need to know what you need to fix and you need to be receptive to fixing it. But also they can't tell you what to fix, Mm. which made me think, how do we get to this point where everyone thinks they need something that is really only for such a small part of the population? And also, when we talk about seeking help, is therapy really everybody's answers? Like, do you, some people just need friends or more open forums for conversation or, I don't know, access to the internet to their own Googles? Is therapy and talking to a stranger really the solution for figuring out what's wrong about you? I love you so much right now hmm. because no one has ever said that and admitted that. I could not agree more. I respect therapy and people that need to go there, but I could not think of anything worse, and I have tried it as well, than sitting down and talking to an absolute stranger who has no idea about who I am or what I'm like or my weird idiosyncrasies or anything. Like it's just, yeah, 100% not for me as well. But now it's become a thing like, oh, everyone should be going to therapy. No. It's like saying everyone should be going to yoga. Also, no. <laughs> well, it's similar to like the meditation conversation, yeah, you know, like yeah, not it's for a, everyone. It's not for everyone, but I can understand why different facets of communicating to someone openly about your problems is mm. really valuable. So, how do we get to this point where, okay, obviously, let's say therapy is something that we want to discuss or to, you know, involve ourselves in. There's so many barriers to entry, like the cost of finding someone who understands you as a person. Like, what if you wanted like a black, queer, Christian, second generation immigrant Christian who's going to understand your personal experience? What if you can't find that? And then what do you do? My other concern with therapy is that if you are a person who isn't that cognizant of what you need, how do you know how to pick a therapist who's right for you also? And it's very expensive to shop around. Like, I think that that's something that people never talk about. Therapy Mm -hmm. is a privilege. Mm -hmm. Therapy Mm -hmm. is for privileged people that can afford 
even if you have the a first... A rebate program, even with that, yeah. it's, it's quite expensive. It's still expensive. expensive. Yeah. And, like, what are you really going to solve in a few sessions? Like, after that, what is it? Like, 200 bucks an hour? That's insane. That's so much money. Which, yes, if it's for your health and you have the means, fantastic. But for someone to say that everyone should be getting therapy, well, a lot of people actually could not. Like, that $200 would need to go to bills Yeah, absolutely. Week. I've been going to therapy recently. Like, th- mm. this is probably my fifth session, I would say. I studied psychology as well. And the reason why I studied it is this gets a bit, like, dark and sad, but, like, it is part of my life that a lot of people in my family actually have quite severe um, mental mood and personality disorders, such as schizoaffective disorder and bipolar. So I've been surrounded by that all my life. Like, mm. the more extreme stuff, not just anxiety or depression, which obviously can be extreme, but I mean, really... Um, a lot easier to manage, I think, exactly. generally. Yeah. yeah, and like non-medicated maybe. Mm. But with with that happening, I wanted to understand it more, right? And I studied psychology. I didn't end up working in psychology because I felt like it was a flawed system in mm. the way that it's being implemented. There are unethical things happening. It's not really, has not converged with, I feel like, governmental processes in a very efficient way or like with with us as people. But when it comes to therapy, I do think that I do think it has to be shop personally for me. Like yeah. there are so many different areas in therapy that are, can be ideal for different disorders or problems or whatever. So CBT, cognitive behavioral mm-hmm. therapy can be great for anxiety and maybe stopping smoking too, but it won't be good with schizophrenia, for example. Yeah. So I think it has to do with shopping for, you have to be comfortable with the person, which is obviously, it is a privilege, unfortunately. Maybe one day it'll become, you know, subsidized in some way. But um, yeah, so it has to do, I think, with what you're having and what kind of person you're going to bond with. You have to kind of form a type of a bond with where there's still distance. In my situation, what the therapist has helped me with is not necessarily like, oh, you're going to heal your problems. This is the misconception, I think. It's about you're always going to have this problem. It's about building tools to combat that issue. So with me, it is still anxiety, right? I look very chill, I know, like usually, but (laughs) (laughs) not necessarily. But I do sometimes around nighttime, um, occasionally I do have a panic attack and I do like kind of have these situations where I like obsessively cycle with my thoughts. And what she's been trying to help me do, and it's been working slowly, and I might try somebody else, but it's just like detecting, oh, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing right now. And I do think that... When you do go to therapists, I don't know who said like that you you have to know what you have. Not all types of therapy. Mm-hmm. Maybe like the psychoanalytic therapy might be different than how you would go to a CBT one. But it's just so unbelievably like it's a misconception that people think I'm going to go there and I'm going to heal myself. Yeah, I'm going to have my 10 sessions and mm-hmm. I'm going to be pure again. <laughs> but I don't think it, that, like, thinking that you were going to go to therapy and have your problems fixed, we think that way because we've been told this is what happened. Yeah. Go to therapy, change my life, don't mm. have these problems anymore, amazing, go. Like, incredible. And then you speak to people who have been to therapists their whole life, being like, oh, no, I'm just managing problems. I'm like, well, that's not very helpful. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I want to fix my life now and signing up to pay 200 bucks a session for the rest of my life to just manage a problem doesn't really seem realistic and also my concern my concern when I was going to therapy was that the initial stages of trying to explain to everyone 
who you are. You know, in a way that's actually conducive to them helping you. Not Within an hour as well. Hour, Trying to, like, you combine know, your but entire But that's their life. job. That's the problem. There's a lot of people who are licensed to do that who aren't doing it right. Mm. That's where the unethical part comes in. And also there's, like, people who go to therapists who are life coaches, which are mm. not really registered mm. as therapists. So that's, like, a whole other department. Like, the I'm not dismissing life coaches. I'm just saying that if you do have, like, a clinical issue or, like, that could be clinical, there's also a, a huge mislabeling to what is abnormal like I have depression I have anxiety we like throw it around but it actually means it you have to physically or mentally completely be decapitated in some way to be known as abnormal or to be and that's the concern mm. with having someone articulate what's wrong with them in the way that is actually beneficial to them getting the right help as well I can just imagine like you know let's say you're highly strong because you are in an anxious work environment but now you assume you have anxiety because you're constantly at work and it makes you anxious therefore you're going to a psychologist to get treatment for anxiety but really you just need to get out of your workplace and now you've gone to 10 sessions you're like well I'm still very anxious anxious. (laughs) so help me (laughs) they should also tell you like you'll need this much sessions Mm -hmm. like they can't just you know keep you there ka-ching to $120 but by the way can. in my case oh my god but you are finding it helpful that's what mm. I cry every time I go because of how much I spend money no, oh. <laughs> we were like oh, yeah. oh. Damn. I do that's I so do hectic. like anytime I talk about and I'm not gonna cry now but yeah it is it, it's very difficult as well for people you know it's not that easy for for her to be mm. asking questions sometimes and it's like mm. but yeah there's it definitely I think is something that has to do with regulation on the higher level and also like the misconceptions that are going around and this mm. whole like throwing around like I'm anxious and I'm depressed just having You're just a bit sad or yeah. you do feel a little bit anxious sometimes but well, it's funny that you mentioned that because when I was going I was having this issue with feeling like I wasn't breaking through like I wanted my like really emotional yeah. like yeah. heightened like oh my goodness I get it and I was just getting you know maybe you just have a preoccupation with wasted time Mm. And I was like, uh-huh, and? Wow. They were like, no, just hold on to that for a second. And I did, and it helped. But in the moment, I was like, can you flesh that out for me a little bit? <laughs> what does that look like in the day-to-day? <laughs> like, I did not just pay $200 yeah, to like, tell me that. Okay, we're getting somewhere. So, like, flesh it out, sis. Yeah, keep going, please. So. You also have to be receptive as well. That's the mm. last thing. Like, you can't go in there and be you know cynical with the therapist like I don't know it's a it's a relationship that goes back and forth you know you can't just be like yo I'm paying you give me the breakthrough or whatever Mm -hmm. like it's gonna be you know I know that's definitely a huge problem that I've had because I've done the CBT therapy before and yeah they'll like try to give me these things and I'm like well no shit I know that I'm supposed to think like that like I'm not an idiot (laughs) and like I'll (laughs) just wants to fight immediately (laughs) like I just get frustrated because I'm like do you normally do of course I know that that's how I'm supposed to look at that situation but I'm not (laughs) it's about the couch not being comfortable isn't it Kelly and the $200 (laughs) absolutely (laughs) really pisses me off Okay, gang, thank you so much for listening to the very first episode of Overshare. We hope you have loved it. We have had a lot of fun here and we really look forward to, like, laughing and discussing everything um, every single week now. So please tell your friends all about the show and share it all over your socials. Please just go flying for us if you would like to and leave a five-star review so other people can find the show. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.
This episode of Overshare is brought to you by Venus.